everyone, and welcome to episode 61 of Connectivity. I'm Scott Thompson. We've got three segments for you this week. Uh, kicking things off, we have a discussion about the uh, various Wii U ads uh, in the different regions. That's with Carmine, Zach, and Phil. After that, we have a Wii U launch recap uh, with Neil, Mike, Andy, and Zach. And then closing the show out is a look to the future of the Wii U with Carmine and Zach. Enjoy. Greetings from Nintendo Past. You may have just come from playing your glorious new Wii U's, but right now it is the evening of Saturday, November 17, 6 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Central, and 9 p.m. Eastern. And we're here to talk about the Wii U TV ads worldwide, and maybe even reach back into the past to talk about the first Wii's TV ads, the award-winning We Would Like to Play campaign. I'm your host, Carmine Red, and with me are Zach Kaplan. Love, love. And Phil Stortzum. Nice to make your, make your acquaintance, everybody. Great to have you guys. So, first thing I want to ask, we've all watched the current Wii U TV ads. We've watched some of the ones from the U.S., from Europe, and from Japan. So, uh, which ones are your favorites, Phil? Uh, I personally like the Japanese campaign the best. I personally, I just love the idea of calling it the Super Wii. I wish they would have went with that, but it's a cool nickname regardless. I think the commercial is just straight to the point and classy, unlike the UK and US ads. Okay, fair enough. Zach? Well, I like the Japan one best too. Uh, I do like how they call it Super Wii, but I think it would have been funnier if they called it Wii 64 since no one would understand. But, uh, that probably wouldn't have made sense. And uh, the only thing I like about the U.S. one is that I call them the Wub Wub advertisements because of the music. Well, okay, okay. So you guys have to like the Jap- the Japanese ads for more than the fact that they call it the Super Wii, right? I mean, they say Super Na Wii, and then they say Wii U. So they use its real name there. But why, el- why else do you like it? There's got to be a better reason than that, right? Well, like I said, it's just straight to the point. There's no flash. There's no, you know, it straight says it's a new console, I believe. So that's what I like about it. Well, actually, um, don't I think the European ads actually European get that ad did too. that. Yes, exactly. Right at the start. That's my second favorite ad with the U.S. commercial <laughs> being third. What I liked about the Japan one was I liked how it showed Pikmin 3 because I think personally – that game shows how the Wii U is definitely advanced more in graphics because the first thing when someone looks at a new console, they look for the graphics because that's the most apparent thing. I also like how it showcased how there's a bunch of different applications to be used, which is gonna, definitely going to be important now, more so than it was when the Wii came out. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to see the differences between these uh, ad campaigns. I think, personally, I find the UK ad to be a sort of mix of West and East. If you look at it, it feels like uh, actually that opening scene with the black Wii U against the black backdrop, it's it's almost like the exact same scene the Japanese Wii U uh, TV commercial uses. So I think that's, that's pretty telling right there. It's sort of like the in-between, the U.S. and Japan. So whereas the Japan is... Actually, if you look at the Japanese Wii U commercial, did you guys notice how, like, the gameplay is slow? You know, it's very calm. Even the voice, it's calm. It's like, here, here's someone jumping, and here's someone watching a TV. So all the movements are nice, slow, and deliberate. 
It was, I think the U.S. one is on the other end of the spectrum, you know. It's it's frenetic. It's very energetic. Very, very in uh, your face. Yeah, it's very in your face. So I, I flame, well, flame, and I find flame. the U.K. <laughs> and I, I think uh, the U.K. one is a nice medium. But there's another reason I like the European one better than the others. And it's because it shows third-party games, right? I mean, did you guys notice that? I mean, they show... Yeah. You know, they talk about, like, uh, Zombie U. They, they have that trailer reel at the very end, you know, that sizzle reel. Yeah, they even showed uh, Toki Tori, too, which is surprising. Yeah, they showed Toki Tori, which is awesome. Yeah, it was a lovely so, touch. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, I, I love Nintendo games as much as anyone else, but if this, if, I think it's great to see, I think it would be great to see that this console was advertised as something that has that amount of third-party support. Because I think they do, at least at launch. It's sort of, I think that they should say, look, we've got these games. We're going to try to change perception. Um, With the Nintendo launch titles, basically between the third party and the first party, I think it's good that they're showing the first party because obviously they want to promote their games. But honestly, I don't think their games... As good as I'm, as excited for them as I am, I don't think they're really going to impress anyone because Nintendo Land kind of looks like Wii Sports Resort just in different environments. And New Super Mario Brothers U, if you're not watching that commercial in HD, it doesn't look any different from New Super Mario Brothers Wii. And there are other two commercials. I'm not done yet. <laughs> the other two commercials, well, the other two games they have, Ninja Gaiden is a port, so that's not really... And the original one didn't get good reviews, so people aren't necessarily excited about that. And uh, Sync Party sucks, so. Oh, well, <laughs> hmm. I guess that, that, you saved the best for last, didn't you there? <laughs> no, well, I, I think I agree with you uh, with the point you were trying to make, was if it's a Nintendo game, sure, it's Mario, you know, we're all going to rush out and buy it, but it's not really going to change anything, you know? Well, it's... So, I mean, the choice of game, I think, is is important in in drawing a distinction. It's not that the games are bad, and it's not that they won't be doing anything new. It's that just by looking at them, they don't look like they're doing anything new. Like, well, isn't it isn't it that they're showing that the console itself is doing new? Even the, the U.S. ads show you know people doing new. They they spe- they specifically try to call out oh four versus one with Nintendo Land, you know. If you look at the Nintendo Land commercial, they try to, like, show five-player gaming right there. I don't know if, like, well, for, for the five-player games, is that really going to get people excited? Because you need four Wii remotes. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people own four Wii remotes, but... Well, they're also showing the asymmetrical, uh, uh, the uh, that sort of play, right? The, the four versus one part of it. So, I mean, they, I think the U.S. ones are also trying to show the features. But I agree with you, Phil, in that... It's not as as uh, cut down to like this is a new feature. This is a new feature, you know. It's I don't know. I th- the thing I like about the UK one again is they take the time to say this is a situation, you know. And then here we're going to show you doing something new. They try to say that, and just like the Japanese one, they both try to like set aside discrete amounts of time for each scenario. Um, before we go on, sorry, Phil. Before yeah, we go on, on um, uh, did you mean to say asymmetrical? Yeah. Because you called them asymmetrical. Oh, is that the correct pronunciation? No, it's asymmetrical. Asymmetrical, okay. You called them like it's related to your uh, ass. 
We called them asymmetrical. Oh, okay. Just thought I'd point that out. Are not both pronunciations accepted? I I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm gonna look this up. Right Leave now. us a comment, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Tell me why I'm wrong. Come at me. <laughs> this is a podcast for grown-ups, rated M for mature. I think ass is PG thirteen. PG thirteen, well rated T then, right? Yeah. How about, uh, were you going to say something, Phil? Yeah, Maybe I Maybe in defense of something? No, not in defense of anything. I just wanted to talk more about the U.S. commercial and what I had a problem with, or my problems with it, if I could. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, as we talked about with the U.K. commercial, the U.K. commercial clearly states that the Wii U is a brand-new com- console, or it's an all-new console. The U.S. commercial just says it's the new Wii U, and basically it focuses more on the controller than it shows the actual console. So I'm concerned there's, that Nintendo of America's marketing team is once again going to create brand confusion like they did with the DS and the 3DS, because I'm still seeing consumers not knowing the difference between the Nintendo no 3DS and the DS, and I'm still seeing 3DS games sprawled out on shelves among DS games. So I'm just worried, because never underestimate the the power of consumer stupidity. Um, I think after the PlayStation 2 era, where that was the big console, I don't think, well, the DS had more sales, but the PlayStation 2 for home consoles is still the best-selling console. I think people are still stuck on that if it doesn't have a 2 next to it, that it's not a new thing. I think people are just still so used to that it has to have some sort of number next to it. I think that's why people like me are like, well, why didn't they call it the Super Wii? At least that would have been like an upgrade. It would have been something different at least instead of just adding a U at the end. Uh, Has it been cool to say Super since like after 1995? That's probably why they didn't actually (laughs) call it Super Wii. Well, don't make fun of me because one of my aliases on another side is Super Philip, so. (laughs) Uh, That's if it works for you. It works for me, at least. It gets me the money. I still would have liked uh, Wii 64, even if it didn't make any sense. Well, well, wait, wait, let's take it back. I mean, the Wii, did the name Wii make any sense, you know? It did when they explained it. Well, Wii U makes sense when you explain it. Mm. I think, I mean, is this is this just stuff you argue about at launch, and then once you get six months in, a lot of people know about it, and people, and it's just okay. I think I, that's going to be the case, uh, because when the, they first announced the name for the Wii, they announced it before E3, just to avoid people still laughing about it. I mean, some people still get ha- haven't gone over, gone and over the name of the Wii. Uh, if you remember last year's uh, Ubisoft press conference when they had the Mister Caffeine guy, he made fun of the name of the Wii, how it sounds like a euphemism for penis. But, uh, um, I mean, you don't hear that sort of thing anymore, though. It's like it's like it's come become old hat. Yeah, I think it's kind of, it's it's yeah, it's old hat. It's cliche now to make fun of it like that. It's just it's not original. I don't think it's so much making fun of the name anymore than thinking that six months from now there's still going to be confusion between Wii and Wii U, just like there is between 3DS and DS. Well, again, I mean, 3DS. Do you think there is? Do you think that that's affected it? I mean, there's an argument that the 3DS's problems were maybe not from the name, were from a bunch of other things. Like I, think it's, long I think it's just part of it. 
just a, a part of it, not just completely uh, the names. Well, do you even think it was uh, the biggest part, like the most important thing for them to fix? Uh, I believe so. Um, okay. I think uh, the problem with the 3DS was just the price at the beginning because it gave them poor momentum going into the future. I mean, personally, with if we're talking about the 3DS, I know everyone complained about the launch lineup. But if you compare that to the DS, I think the 3DS launch lineup was pretty good. I mean, it's a it's a launch. I don't know what people expect. I don't know why people always expect it to be the cream of the crop because that's not never what a launch is. Okay. Well, well, we've been talking about the name, but so and honestly, there's going to be there's always going to be some confusion with uh something with an idea this different. But do you think do you think it'll last six months that people are still confused about whether well I mean not six months there will always be people confused about anything yeah I mean there's always going to be people who are yeah don't but catch do you on. think it'll be less of an issue when it's out there and in, in the wild and people and people have tried to buy it and they found out oh this is a new console I mean the the ad circulars are going out I mean you can see it in Black Friday ads and it's priced like a new console it is not priced like an add-on. Right, and they're not selling the the gamepad by itself yet, which is smart. Yeah, so I mean, it's you you're gonna go out there and you're gonna ask about the Wii U, and then they're gonna show it to you, and they're gonna say this is the price and this is what it is, and look at how big the box is. You know, this is not a simple thing, and you can't get it otherwise. This is it. Well, you still see uh, parents, or not not even necessarily parents, uninformed people, who will call the PlayStation like the. Oh, it's the Microsoft PlayStation, or they'll call the Wii the Sony Wii or something. So no, everything's yeah. everything's the Xbox now. <laughs> yeah, it used to be everything was just the Nintendo. Yeah, which I think it's at some point, at some point, you know, this is just you're gonna have to accept that a certain amount of this happens. Yeah, but is it is it is it like the is it like the role of TV ads this early in the product's life cycle to like to really fight that? I mean. I mean, they, they're selling out, uh, hypothetically, they sell out of all their, you know, holiday stock. Is is it a big deal in the big picture that that maybe the U.S. campaign is not as well liked by enthusiasts such as we as some other campaigns? I don't know. I'm not an enthusiast. I'm just a moron, basically. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, uh, I, you know, it, probably not. It's probably not too big of a deal as I'm making it. I, I I mean it, it's it's important. I mean, why else would we be talking about it? People care about this, but I almost feel like they have. If if something happens wrong here, they have time to correct, you know. And they've got that buffer. Like they sell out of all these holiday ones. They can go back, look at it, and say we need to change our tactic, maybe, you know, and try to try to change our message. And I mean, you, we just have to get on the other side of that and see how successful. If if any of these come to pass. You know, because there's been predictions of the future about how confusing this will be, or but we'll have to see where the proof will be in the pudding, I guess. Yeah, I'm eager to see how it'll turn out. If it sells out, do we even know from this holiday season, do we even know if it's selling out as being successful? Because we don't necessarily know how much stock they can produce. Yeah, I think they've committed to 5.5 million uh, systems worldwide by the end of March. So that's uh, yeah, a little more than four months, 5.5 million. That's slightly less than what the Wii sold. I think the Wii was aiming for six and didn't quite get there, but almost did. 
So that's a lot of consoles. That that'd be a significant amount. I mean, that's assuming they keep selling through January, February, March, that the bottom doesn't just drop out. Because even the 3DS virtually sold out at launch day, right? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, it was their biggest uh, launch, or at least handheld launch day, ever. Yeah. So I want to reach back into the past, and we've been talking about whether these uh, advertising campaigns actually have an effect. Let's take a look at the We Would Like to Play campaign, because, you know, we're talking about stuff that's happening now, and we can't exactly tell the future. What about the We Would Like to Play campaign that was the launch campaign of the Wii in North America? That was a, that was a good campaign, I think, and it was award-winning, actually. So what do you guys think about that? Was that a good campaign? Do you think that helped the Wii? Do you think it helped itself? Um, I think it helped. Well, I think I definitely think it was a good campaign. It helped the Wii. I one thing I think it did though was it gave people the idea that you had to move a lot to use the Wii remote. Because if you look at the commercials for like Twilight Princess that they had, they show the people like swinging it like they're playing Skyward Sword. Like, you actually had to swing it that much. I think it definitely, when it came to showing what the Wii was, I think it did a good job because it made people, it changed people's playing habits. And if it can do that, then it can definitely get people to buy it. Mm -hmm. And how about you, Phil? I think uh, compared to the Wii U, the Wii was just much easier to market. It looked more accessible to non-gamers and gamers alike. I mean, it's just easy to show that swinging a Wii remote is just as fun as swinging a tennis racket. It's easy to show. And meanwhile, the Wii U just looks more complicated. It's hard to show fun with the gamepad and how it'll make games. I mean, games fun. I mean, we've seen tablets and touchscreens already, so the Wii was pretty novel at the time, while the Wii U is. So I sort of struggle finding which how it'll interest people. Yeah, I sort of agree. I mean, it isn't that it isn't novel, but it's novel in a way that that is a little more complex. I mean, the Wii U, in my opinion, is definitely hardcore, or in the sense that it's evolutionary. They've they've seen these things happen before, and now they're reusing them and putting them in a new context, which is allowing for new types of gameplay. But at the same time, it isn't as completely visual and and so out there that you can that you know it's simple it's simply different like the Wii was and i also think it can do more new things than the Wii the Wii they actually those commercials for we would like to play they showed they only had one thing to show they only had the motion gameplay to show with the Wii U they're trying to show a lot they're trying to show oh you can play off tv you can have five uh, four versus one you can use a touch screen you can you can do all of this, you know. So I think they have, like you said, it's a lot more message that they have to deliver, and it's probably going to be harder for them to communicate, which I think, uh, Phil, is why I like your comment about uh, the Japanese one just taking its time and being to the point and saying, you know, this is a feature, this is a feature, because they're not trying to, they're not trying to rush the messaging. They're taking their time. I'm glad we agree that we both liked my point. <laughs> well, if I think if one thing's a blessing and a curse about the Wii U, it's that there is a lot of things to explain. And, like, it's going to be bad for the Wii U because showing an advertisement, if it's only, like, 30 seconds, you can only say so much. But then going into a store, people will be impressed when they're looking at the box or asking an employee, which hopefully the employees by the time uh, Black Friday comes this upcoming week or whenever 
you're listening to this maybe earlier. Hopefully the employees will be informed enough to tell people all the different things the Wii U does. But um, I just think it's it's going to both help and hinder the Wii U that there's so much to it. Yeah, I think it, it, it we'll have to see how it goes. I mean, part of this has to be Nintendo getting this in people's hands and people starting to understand it and then people wanting to share that experience. Just like what happened with the Wii. People would play it, they they'd have a lot of fun, they'd ask uh, they'd want to show it off to other people. And at some point, you know, that's going to have to happen if they want it to have the same effect that it had for the Wii. And, you know, I mean, these ads are nice and I mean, because I know so much about because we knew knew so much about the Wii U already, uh, the ads may not matter for you and me. We'll have to see how it matters for the rest of the world. You know, definitely. Um, another thing I want to say about the U.S. commercial was a uh, sync party sucks. Just want you to... said that already. I did. Oh, yes. I, I didn't know. I, I know. I don't know. I like SingStar on the PlayStation Three. I mean, do you just not like karaoke games? I guess. Uh, I don't like the idea of people being in groups and, and enjoying themselves. I think people. When they play, <laughs> I think when people play video games. They should be feeling bad about themselves, and they should be by themselves. And they should just be looking upon their life and saying, should I really be doing this? And ultimately, wait, wait, wait. They sh- and ultimately, it's fine they're playing video games, but I think people should be thinking about whatever they're doing, whether it's good or bad. Basically, I'm saying I want them to have a terrible experience because I'm an awful person. And you want all the Wii U launch systems to yourself. Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So if any of you out there don't have a Wii U launch system, it's because Zach Kaplan uh, scared away the crowds and then took them all for himself. Um, also, I had to point out the UK commercial. As a person who lives in America, I don't know if people worldwide, I think it's only in America, but the narrator of the commercial sounds like the guy from the Outback Steakhouse commercials. But maybe that's just me being American and not knowing the difference between accents. Well... I happen to be a fan of the BBC, so anything UK is fine by me. But, I mean, uh, it's Saturday evening here, and I am doing my best not to get hyped out of my head for the Wii U tomorrow. I assume you guys are doing too, so last thoughts on this ad campaign before we go out and start living the Wii U. Go ahead, Zach. Whoop, whoop. (laughs) That's that's basically it. I, I... Yep. All right. Well, I I was ready to prepare this big speech and everything, but I can't beat Wub Wub. I just can't. Try. Try. Come at uh, me. Okay, I'll come at you. I will say that I I can't get a Wii U at launch, but I am very much interested in the system. I think that I think I well, let me just say that. The first time I saw the Wii U ad, like, in mainstream, it was before the Skyfall movie I saw two Fridays ago. So I was like, oh, cool, it's it's being played somewhere. So if that tells you how much – and I watch a lot of TVs, and I haven't seen many ads. So if that tells you anything about the campaign, I don't know. Well, I always like the TV com- – I always like the theatrical trailers, personally. But I think uh, my parting gift would have to be – don't judge Sing Party harshly. It's just a karaoke game. It just wants you to sing and have a party. Okay, good night, everybody, and enjoy your Wii U's, you in the future. Wub, wub. 
Welcome to the Wii U post-launch extravaganza, after we had the pre-launch one last week. I'm your host, Neil Ronahan, and with me to talk about our launch stories and our first experiences with Nintendo's new home console, we have Mike Sklens. Hello. Zach Miller. Before you talk to me, you have to download a patch. <laughs> and Andy Gergen. I don't have that long, Zach. I have to be out of here in like two hours. So, <laughs> all right. So, I guess let's uh, let's go through our launch stories, and uh, we'll start off with Mike because he was chronologically the earliest. I was first. I was first. If my story is also the absolute most boring, uh, I went to my friend's birthday party, uh, which is relatively close to a, one of the probably the most remote Walmart in Tallahassee. I think we've got four or five Walmarts, and this is probably the one that gets the least traffic. Um, so I, I'm like, it's 11 o'clock, and I'm like, you know what? I should just call and see if they have a line or not. And I call, and the guy's like, well, I got one guy here, and he <laughs> wants one, and that's it. <laughs> and then I, I asked him how many he had, and he said, I think I got about seven. Times have changed. Holy crap. Are you in Texas? I, I don't know. I can't do... He this is, guy had a weird he, accent. He is in Florida, and that's like that weird hybrid where it's not quite the South, but technically it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what. Talking about them damn old Seminoles, man. Tallahassee is the <laughs> South. We are 20 minutes South of Georgia. Oh, right. yeah. We okay. are way South. You guys are legit. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the 90s, I think the city's slogan was Florida with a Southern accent. <laughs> that sounds really appealing. <laughs> uh, anyway, so it's like... 10 minutes away, so I drive there, and I get there, and I'm number two in line, and I just wait, and I watch college football on my phone, and then uh, and then I get a Wii U, and I go home. <laughs> That's really Yay. the only thing. It's extremely Cool boring. story, bro. Yeah. It's about the best the best possible way to get it. It's it's the least it's the least exciting console launch ever. And it, it really has been, just across the board, because of all the pre-order stuff. Yeah, this yeah. Walmart had, uh, a guy said, I think he said he had about 27 or something, but 19 of them were on pre-order. So they had, um, they had the other eight, or no, they had seven left. So uh, I, I can't, I, I don't know what the exact math was, but there were seven. And you got the deluxe bundle? Yeah, he had five deluxe units and two basic units. Uh, and there were only, up until like 10 minutes before launch, there were like four people in line, and then like two more people showed up. Right, like at launch, I think. So they didn't even go through the entire allotment of seven in wow. at midnight. Wow, can't say I'm surprised. And but though, to be fair, one guy did drive over from one of the other WalMarts in town, one of the busier ones in a more affluent area. Uh, so I think this Walmart might have just been that one. This one may have been, you know, the outlier or something. I've been saying since the very beginning on launch day, you'll just walk into a store and pick one up, right? It seemed that you could. Um, well, I guess we should go over that after. We I made that bold, pro- the bold proclamation, didn't I? Oh wait, no, that wasn't me. That was someone else seven years ago. Whoops, my bad. Uh, oh. Six. Um, so Zach, you were the next up. Uh, Scott, four hours later. Yeah, just four. Well, uh, yeah, as you move across the globe. Um, <coughs> so you guys know I posted that story on the site. That I got a pre-order of Fred Meyer like out of the blue, uh, like four days before. It was for the last deluxe model. So they said, you got to be here at 11 because all the people who have pre-ordered get to come inside. Everyone else gets to stand in the cold. So <laughs> I, I got there at like 1030, did some shopping, uh, and then just went and sat in the electronics department. And a bunch of kids started playing uh, Street Fighter versus... Um, Tekken? Tekken on all the TVs. No, 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 Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Yeah, Cross Tekken on that big TV wall. And they were the most obnoxious kids in the world. 
So I moved away, and I just went and sat on a chair by the checkout counters. And it was like the old Zach. Well, yeah, I did feel I felt like These an old damn man. Kids playing their video games. <laughs> no, I'm gonna play my 3ds. Where, where's the where's the chick with the boobs? <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I did, and they actually handed out boobs um, 3D. I thought they were gonna give out Mountain Dew because that's what they did for Halo Four. Uh, I'm well, told. They well, gave, that, was, that was Halo Four. That's Ninja why Ninja they gave out. I know they gave out Red Bull. <laughs> I've never had Red Bull in my life. That shit is terrible. Um, so I didn't even drink the whole can, but. Like, nobody was there. It was just me and these obnoxious kids. And then around 11.45, a whole bunch of old people shuffle in. And it's, <laughs> a, bun- it's a bunch of, like, you know, middle-aged couples who have pre-ordered the Wii, Wii U's. And, and as we all kind of gather around the counter as midnight approaches, the uh, guy at the counter says, so how many of you folks are going to go home and play this right away? And how many of you are getting it for your kids for Christmas, and, like, three-fourths of the hands shoot up for Christmas. Ha. You know, so, it's funny, they asked the same thing at my store, and I think I was the only one of really? the six people there that raised their hand to say, wow. I'm getting it to play now. Huh. Well, uh, Gina had got into the airport, like, almost an hour before, and I wanted to pick her up, so I told the guy behind the counter, I said, my wife's at the airport, can you check me out first? I'm not getting any games. He's like, oh, sure. So he checked me out, and I left. Cool. All right, so my story, rough, roughly, roughly, roughly four hours later, um, I went to Target. I waited in line with about fi- with, with with about fifteen people. Had a conversation with a guy who was like, "Oh, I'm just trying to get one for my nephew," and I'm like, "Okay, cool." And and then he said, "Uh, I went to a Walmart. I went to another Walmart. They didn't have any, and, and now I'm here." And I'm like, oh, "I think if you don't have a pre-order, you're probably going to be screwed." <laughs> and it turned out he was. Um. Oh. They only had four for non-pre-orders, and they were the basics. And they had some, uh, they had the Lexus, and I got my pre-order at Target, and, uh, and bailed. They did not have Zombie U. Really? At, at that Target. Because I was gonna do the buy two, get one 50% off deal, but they didn't have Zombie U, which was kind of like the crux of the deal. Like, Assassin's Creed 3 and Skrull Knots were kind of like, eh, maybe. Like, but Zombie U was the one that I was 100% wanted to get. Um, but I think, uh, at least in Jersey, in this this area, the, like supply is probably a little tighter because I yeah. have heard from a lot of people that like you could have walked in Sunday and gotten a system at some places at WalMarts and Targets, and here you could not. Um, my brother is looking for one, so I kind of kept an eye out and asked around, and shit went shit went pretty quickly um, across the board. I mean, obviously GameStops are backed up to high hell. Um, I think tar- I think targets are supposed to get them in kind of regularly at Best Buy. When I talked to the person on like Saturday, he made a comment that like he's like, yeah, we have the we're gonna have the pre-orders tomorrow, and after that, I have no freaking idea when any are ever gonna come in again. I was talking to staffer Grant Buell about the, my Wii U experience this morning, and he decided while I was talking to him, he wanted to go ahead and buy one like right now. So he he went out over lunch and went to all the went to the nearby Best Buy and Walmart, and they didn't have one. Um, but he told, did text me at about 4 o'clock and said he got one on his way home from work. I don't know where he got one at. I think maybe um, he had a GameStop. Um, but he uh, he was able to pick one up just cool. this afternoon without too much trouble. Yeah. I mean, it seems like – I think there's, like, probably when you get to cities, it, it's probably tighter. But 
just because there's, I don't know. I, I mean, demand. I, I'm kind of curious to see how uh, Nintendo World's doing on supply as well, because they had the big launch event at midnight, and I, I think I heard some kind of scuttlebutt about that people got turned away when they waited for the launch party, and there, there weren't enough to go around. Well, that wouldn't surprise me, considering it's, like, the only place they were doing a big mega event yeah. like that. Yeah. But, I mean, just in general, this this launch experience was not as exciting, which, in the grand scheme of things, is probably better, because that means, you know, yeah. you're not out in the cold. Yeah, yeah, I had to wait overnight for Wii, and I waited, like, eight hours for GameCube. I was just like, hey, I think I'll go buy one. <laughs> yeah, I was I was pushing, like, 12 when, uh, when, for, for Wii. I think I was out there see seven o'clock or seven or eight o'clock the night before, something like that. Yeah. All right. So Andy, you you round us out. Yeah, sure. Um, I had a pre-order from GameStop, which I secured the very day that they were available. In that brief, like two or three day window where they were available, I think maybe <laughs> you mean even the less two than or that. three hour window. Yeah, it was really. Yeah, I think the del- he, the guy told me the deluxes were done with pre-orders in 24 hours, but the basics lasted another two days. Um. Of course, nothing that they said really panned out to be true for the most part over the last four months. So it's possible he was full of full of shit because they didn't they didn't even know about the deluxe promotion. They didn't even know that you know one of one of their biggest holiday sellers would be given away by Old Navy on Black Friday. This GameStop was, by all intents and purposes, clueless for the duration of my business there, which, by the way, is done. Um, yes. So I go to get I, I go to GameStop. Um, they, they they told me. Earlier in the week, they'd be opening early. Then they told me later in the week they would not, that they open at 11 on Sundays. So I thought, well, I'll go in around 10, and if there's a line, then I'll at least probably be towards the beginning. If there's not, then I guess I'll be the first. So I get there, and there's one guy hanging out outside the uh, the, the chain link fence or whatever they have, the, the bars, by the closed store in the mall. I was like, oh, cool, there's at least one other person here. And I talked to him for a minute or two. It turns out, no, he was just an employee waiting for, waiting waiting to go work for the day. Hmm. Um, so there was no line. And so I hung out with a, with a friend of mine who had come along, and we sat there chatting. And we were the only people there for about 25 to 35 more minutes. And then finally, like, one guy showed up around 1040. And then right as the store was opening, about five or six more people showed up. Uh, I think several of whom weren't even really there to buy Wii U. They were just in the mall anyway and wanted to stop in the game store when it opened. Hmm. Um but, yeah, it was really uneventful. The guy tried to sell me strategy guys and warranties for every little thing. And, and I got my game and my system and got out of there. I bought, I bought Zombie U at launch because um, uh, I was uh, assigned to the review of that game. And, uh, so, well, um, I guess let's, let's go to that. So how good is Zombie U on a scale of 1 to 10? On a scale of 1 to 10, I'd have to say it's about a 9. Yeah, there's uh, wow. a review up on the site. It seems to be really polarizing. Um, I've, like, Metacritic is like, this guy gave it a 9, this guy gave it a 4. Apparently, the, the 4.5 review, a lot of people, I mean, I still haven't played Zombie U. I, I have it in the shrink wrap, but my review obligations are, are making me just kind of stare at it longingly. Yes. Um. I've heard some stuff about how that 4.5 review is just, like, full of bullshit. Well, if you look at Metacritic and look down, if you look down the uh, the list of of reviews to the game on Metacritic, that 4.5 is the low. 
It doesn't get any lower than that. It's not like it's getting twos yeah. or ones from somewhere. It kind of bottoms out there. And there's not a lot of reviews in the four and a half to six point range. I think from there it goes up to... No, most of them seem fairly positive. I think Game Informer gave it a five out of ten. So that's a pretty major publication giving it a bad review. I think IGN gave it around a six. Uh, Eurogamer gave it a nine. Uh, Game Revolution gave it an gave it an eighty. Polygon gave it an eighty. Joystick gave it a four and a half out of five. So some major publications gave it pretty bad reviews, and some major publications gave it really favorable reviews. I mean, it seems like the kind of game where it's I mean, it's like Dark Souls in that sense, in that it's this very this very challenging, dense game that if you are not patient, if you're not into that, it's gonna suck. And you're gonna look. You're gonna notice all the all the bad, you know, like graphical clipping or whatever there is. If, if you're really accustomed to shooters on the 360 and PS3, and you're a big fan of shooters on those systems, and you play a lot of them, it's gonna feel weird because it's not a shooter, and it wasn't. It maybe wasn't clear in the marketing that it, that it wasn't a shooter because there's guns and there's zombies, and you think it. I mean, because there's not a lot of story, you figure there's gonna be a lot of action, but there's. There's not really a, a ton of action. It's, it, it is very much like a first-person take on a Resident Evil game um, with a little bit of, like, Metroidvania-style exploration. And, um, of course, yeah, well, it's got, it's got, like, a pretty big hub world. Not hub world. It's got, like, it's got a world that, that sort of expands outward from the middle. And you keep going back to the safe house that you start in over and over again because that's where you spawn if you die. And that's where your um, security system is set up. That's where you can stash weapons and ammo so that it survives you even if you don't survive. Um, so this is not a level-based game? It's not like... No. Okay. Not at See, all. I, I thought it was like Call of Duty with zombies. Not at, not all, at all. There, I mean, there are there are segments. I mean, you'll go to like, for instance, you go to Buckingham Palace, and you'll spend a bit of time there, and you'll explore there, and then when that segment's done, you go back to the safe house and move on to another part. So, I mean, there are, there are definitely areas of the game that are kind of like levels, but for the most part, it's pretty open world, and you'll go back to previous areas, maybe not super often, but from time to time. One of the things that is helpful is that you have the ability to see where, like, ammo and supplies are respawning over slowly over time. So, like, part of the way that the mini-map system is set up is that you, you'll you use your gamepad scanner to hack into closed-circuit television cameras all over the city, and that's how your mini-map works. But also, when, when you have enabled the map in, part of, in an area of the game, then it links back to, like, a security camera system you have back at your safe house. And you can go up there, and it'll tell you... Since you've last been there, here's the ammo, weapons, and supplies that have that have appeared in that area. So you can go back there and start collecting some supplies if you're if you're low. Um, getting supplies in this game is a big part of it because if you are not careful, you'll you'll lose everything. I'll tell you right now, I'm I, I've I've put well, I won't necessarily see how many hours I put into the game, but. I've gone through 39 survivors. That's how many people. That's how many, that's how many distinct characters and you put that I played. Two and a half hours. No, <laughs> I would say about 20 minutes. I would say I'm probably I'm I'm over halfway through the campaign. I'm not sure how much farther than over halfway I'm through the campaign. And I know some people. One review I read said they finished it with eight survivors. It, t- it took them seven tries, and then they found one and it stuck, which is amazing to me. I've died almost 50 times, and every wow. time you die, you lose all of your gear, and you have one chance to go get that gear back. And if you die on the way, that gear is gone. So, so if you have a backpack full of stuff, roguelike, and I should avoid it at all costs. There, there is actually going to be a demo for this on the eShop. So for people that are curious about it but don't want to take the plunge. Um, who knows when that will launch? There was also supposed to be a Rayman Legends demo 
on day one, but that didn't it's, happen. It's not entirely a roguelike, because with a roguelike, when you die, all progress is erased. There are quite a few things that you keep over, aside from your loot, when you die. Any progress you've made with, like, unlocking paths, um, you know, clearing obstacles, um, missions that you've completed... All that stays the same. Any weapon unlockables, like, you, you can upgrade your weapons by finding, like, upgrade tech along the way. All yeah. that sticks with you, and any weapons you've upgraded are still upgraded. Even if you don't have the weapon, it's still upgraded. Because you have yeah. to go back and get it. But you have to go oh, find that weapon again, yeah. Um, whenever you start, you start with the cricket bat, uh, and you start with a pistol with six bullets. And you've just got to... Uh, you know, you've got you got to make the best of the situation if you if it turns out that you die. It turns out that for the most part, killing Man, zombies with a cricket time. bat is mo- is pretty effective, and it takes some time to get used to it, and it's difficult at first. But honestly, I revert to the cricket bat more often than the pistol. Well, partly because a lot of the zombies have protective headgear because they used to be like riot cops, um, so the pistol doesn't do a whole lot of good. Um, but I don't know. It's 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 a lot of fun. It's incredibly frustrating from time to time, but never in a way that makes you feel like the game is is cheap. You if, if you die, it's probably because you weren't careful enough. Yeah. Huh. I think the game does a really good job of setting up uh, in, in a very immersive atmosphere. And I'm I'm a guy who's a sucker for a good apocalyptic story or a good Resident Evil style horror game. And this game, it really does cater to me very well. So it's not too surprising that based on what it is, I gave it a really good score. Uh, if, if it's not the kind of game that suits you, well, maybe you won't like it as much. It's certainly not fast-paced most of the time. I mean, there are segments where it's very frantic, but most of the time it's it's, it's a methodical progression. Kind of like You're, Bioshock. Yeah. Not, not I moved very slowly through Bioshock. And it's got a very similar sort of like ruined world atmosphere at the Bioshock. Cool. Um, I, I really like it. I, I can't I wait can to see it. how the game I ends. want it to be the weekend, so that way I'll have more time to finish up the reviews that I'm working on, and then I can play Zombie U. I'm so very curious to see how what you guys think of the game, because I don't expect everyone on staff, I, or maybe even everyone on the site, to like it as much as I did. I'm hoping that there's a couple of people who do, so we can you know talk about it. But Yeah. For, for me, it's the kind of thing where, kind of going into it, I'm very interested in how how it's received and how it, you know, finally turns out, but I don't know if it'll totally grab me. Like, I, I think the, the, the two-player multiplayer is something that I'll probably play with friends a lot, but the actual single-player part of it, like, I don't know if I'll just get frustrated and stop or actually keep with it. it I really think it could go either way with me. I really wish the game had some sort of, like, campaign-based uh, co-op. That would be a yeah. lot of fun because considering well, I, that I think I think it's it, cross your fingers if it sells well enough we'll probably see that that'd be fantastic I the the, the game when you die you start as a completely Guys, different character so that game is going to be called Zombie U two <laughs> <laughs> and then I won't buy it and they'll promote it using a no, beautiful a day beautiful or something day. like that and then no. it'll just be that song set to like a montage of zombie heads getting bashed in it'll be called Zombie D. <laughs> Zombie do, yeah, they can do that too. It's Ubisoft. And this time, wait, 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 sorry, Zombie do. This time you're in Paris. Ooh, I'll take it. I just made that game. That's the top line for that game's design document with with Eve's chemo. But yeah, I I give the game a big thumbs up. I I can't wait for more people to have played it so I can talk about the game with some people. The um the Meverse community for the game has been helpful. That's so cool. Posted a few oh, questions about, about like I, I I'll take a screenshot of an area and say I don't really know what to do here and within a couple of minutes there's someone who replies with a hint, 
there was one thing in particular that I, I spent 20 minutes trying to figure out. It turns out I didn't have the item I needed, so I was wasting my time. And uh, I was happy to to learn that. I was I didn't feel like I I've been spoiled there. I just kind of wanted to know, you know, what I was doing wrong. Well, that, I mean, that's, out, that's just, the point of it. It's yeah. me versus at work. So let's let's talk about Wait, that. Let's talk. Can somebody tell me how to do a screenshot for Meverse? Um, when you're, I, I actually learned. You want to know how I learned this? I was looking around the Wara Wara Plaza, and I think I think Pale asked that question, and I saw that it was me asking that, and saw there was a comment left on it. So I clicked on that, and Ariel, uh, Ariel Ruff from the site, he he replied to Pale's question about how do you post a screenshot. And all you do is when you're in a game, hit the home button, go to Meverse. And you can post to um, post to Meverse and just pull in a screenshot. It's oh. kind of awesome. Basically, whatever the whatever the screen is when you hit the home button, that's your screenshot. Oh, I see. Yeah, I was I was about to do that for I got to the last world in New Super Mario Brothers U, and then I realized oh this is a spoiler, and I kind of wanted to be like the NWR review is coming soon, but what's the point if people are already at the end? And also that'll get flagged for advertising. Uh, They've been oh. very very. Like strict in the moderation on Meverse so far. I mean, well, Kohler. Did you see Kohler put up an article about um, how he had put his Twitter handle in his profile and they blocked his profile? Yeah. I put a link to NWR in mine and they blocked my profile. And it must be automated because it happened for both of us within like minutes yeah. of the. Change. It happened to Aaron too. Yeah, well, and then you got you got um you got blocked for using the word screw. Yeah. Well, I saw another one that had the word screw earlier. So. But and then Kohler also said that this one family um, wrote in that they tried to register their kid's name as his like they put oh, yeah, his name Killian. and his name is Killian K I L L I A N and they and it was barred because it had the word kill in it. I put a I put N W R like I just put um, something like I do N W R by day in my profile, so we'll see if that that's if that fine, goes. I think because that's yeah. not a URL and they don't know what that's. It like. wasn't a URL. It just said it had. Nintendo World Report written out, but it didn't have like a yeah. full URL. That's that's what I did yeah, do in my profile. Um, so yeah, so Meverse is really surprisingly awesome, and it's the kind of thing that on Sunday when it was all haywire, like I didn't really fully grasp it, and then that night when it started working on Sunday. Well, it was really on I Monday just, when yeah. I think everyone's Wara Wara Plaza kicked in. Yep. Yeah. Because for the first day, it was just like. Here's a bunch of Nintendo me's gathered around like yeah. the system settings app. <laughs> or something. Like, I mean, it's really it's like turning on the system. It's just fucking mind blowing. Looking at that, like I saw something that like I recognized Jeremy Parrish. Uh, there was something about Wario. Um, I think for Nintendo Land, and like I'm seeing like people that I actually know that I'm not friends with with their stuff popping up in it. So that's kind of cool. And just seeing your friends kind of mill around, and I just like when when it finally clicked in on Monday and the Wario Plaza actually worked. I just kind of zoomed in and saw what all my friends were playing recently. You know, Scott was playing Your Shape. Um, yeah, I Scott's think... post on the Your Shape board. Every yeah. post on the Your Shape board is hilarious. It's just so weird that there's a community for this yeah. game. But I love that, that there's a community for every game, because at first yeah. when they kind of explained it, like, okay, yeah, there's going to be a community for every game, but I figured most games wouldn't really have the functionality kind of built in as much, but the, the functionality is built in on an OS level, which they probably said, but it just didn't really set in with me, where it's for any game. You just go to the home menu, go to Meverse, and you can post about it. Like, that's, that's fucking Apps awesome. Apps, too. Like, there's one for Netflix, and yeah. the community for Netflix is like, got a, a crap load of, like, Doctor Who fan art, and, like, fan yeah. art for any show that's on, on Netflix, essentially. That's awesome. Um, I know, uh, 
I mean, as far as games that I've been playing that have Miiverse functionality, I think the the stuff in Mario, which none of you guys have played, right? <laughs> no, I have not. Really, the stuff in Mario, it doesn't, like, actually change the game in any way, but it just makes it like you're playing in a community, which is something that is probably, I mean, a good proof of concept for what Nintendo wants to do with it. But, you know, being able to look around the world map and see the little balloons pop up with people talking about specific levels... Um, you know, you can get, like, a hint of what's to come or, like, go back and be like, oh, okay, this guy's saying that there's a secret exit in this level. I'll have to go check it out. It's just really cool having that interaction because it is, it does kind of capture, like, uh, I mean, people always refer to, um, you know, the house on days of when, like, oh, you know, we're in the playground and we're swapping stuff about Zelda and Pokemon. And yeah, stuff. that's what this is. That's we what it is. We finally have that back. Like, real, I mean, there's always been internet forums, but it's never been quite the same, and this yeah. really feels like, because it's all, all the topics are very tightly organized, like, this community is about this game, talk about this game, don't talk about anything else, yeah. so there's no, like, there's no, you don't need to separate the wheat from the chaff, there's, and it's like, all yeah. very good stuff. The Miiverse integration in Zombie U is, is actually really helpful, because... The people that you've interacted with, um, I, I don't think you even have to follow them or, or, or have friends with them. I think as long as you've, like, interacted with them and, like, yad their comment or reply to them or they've yad your comment, their corpses will begin to show up in your game after they die That's from time awesome. to time. Wow. And with that comes whatever loot they were carrying. So a couple of times I've been really hard up for supplies, and then on my way back to claim my mostly empty bag anyway, I'll come across um, a Miiverse zombie and I'll bludgeon him to death with a cricket bat, and then suddenly <laughs> I'm good on supplies for a while. Uh, nice. That's fantastic. And on top of that, there's graffiti that shows up in the game. So at a certain point, um, I don't know, five or six hours into the game, you find a spray paint can. And once you've found the spray paint can, you can tag parts of the game. I mean, it'll, it'll, oh, and so cool. I'm not sure exactly what, how, what determines what shows up in whose game, but I'm definitely seeing messages basically left for me by Miiverse, because when I scan it with a gamepad, it tells me the username of the per- of, of the person <laughs> who, who left the art. And it's, it's just like little icons, like a skull and an arrow, or maybe like some... It's about 30 different icons you can choose from. The, um, the best form, however, of this uh, sort of, po- like, extra game content that kind of shows up in Zombie U was about... A couple hours into my campaign, I saw a message appear on the floor of the safe house um, from the Zombie U dev team, and it said, heads up, this is a survival horror, as if to reply to reviews that didn't review it like it was one. So that just, it just cracked me up. It's like, okay, well, apparently the Zombie U dev team is paying attention to negative reviews, and they just want everyone to know that in case you weren't sure yet, this is a survival horror game, not a shooter. <laughs> So that was that's, that's I, 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 thought, I thought that was pretty entertaining. Um, as far as other stuff with Miiverse, um, in Nintendo Land, it's pretty cool because you're walking around your your little amusement park, and you know your friends will be walking around it, and you can see like what they've done. It makes me wonder which was developed first, the Nintendo Land Plaza or the Warawara Plaza, and if one of them grew out of the other. I feel like Nintendo Land was probably developed first. That's what I would think too. And then they were like, "Well, this is kind of cool. What if we had this for every game?" Yeah. But, I mean, oh, man, Nintendo Land is so delightful. Uh, I will not go into too much of that because we will be having uh, a a review, a special Connectabyte about the Nintendo Land review, which will be comprised of me, Andy, Patrick, and Scott. Um, but I just, I love playing that game, and that's that's the game I've played the most at this point because it's just, like, 
you play the Donkey Kong game, and then you're like, all oh, right, you know, I played a couple levels of that. That's pretty hard. I'll try, I'll try F Zero for a little bit. Then I'll go to Balloon Trip. Oh, maybe I'll play some Pikmin. And it's just like you can kind of just joy, joyfully bounce around from from attraction to attraction in that game. And that's yeah. basically what I've done whenever I've turned it on. Is that it's, I mean, except for some pretty hardcore Donkey Kong's Crash Course playing oh, at the so first good. night. So um, good. Have you gotten? Do you know there's a third and fourth level? Shit. Yeah. Are we talking even... about Nintendo Land now? Because I can like leave. Oh, dude, you, you you need to play it, Zach. Uh huh. Like get get the stick out of your ass and play <laughs> Nintendo Land. I don't have friends. Yeah, but you have the fucking game, so just play it. There's six single player games that you don't need to play with. Oh, anyone really? Else. And, and Donkey Kong is worth all sixty dollars. But you and know, I got, game is really I got Darksiders 2 today, so that's obviously a far better game. Well, yeah, review that shit. Uh, shit, yeah, baby. Yay. Yay. Reviews. Can I talk about um, Mighty Switch Force real quick? Yeah, yeah, I'm curious to hear about that. Okay, so it is... 90% of it is the 3DS game, which is disappointing. Uh, but it's all... All the art assets are, like, either completely redrawn or just look a lot better uh, on a big screen. And um, I like being able to play it on the gamepad a lot. For some reason, uh, that game, maybe it's just because it was on 3DS, but for some reason that game really works for me in a, I don't know, handheld way. Uh, but anyway, uh, the game is, is the same. Um, but once you get through the uh, downloadable stages from the 3DS game, if you beat the part-times, you unlock a new character model for Patricia Wagon, and it's her Zero Suit, and I'm so happy about that. I wanted it from the day one, and uh, it's finally here. And uh, she has pretty adorable uh, idol animations in her Zero Suit uh, outfit. Um, they're called gym clothes, but it's 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 her Zero Suit. Let's be real. Um, <laughs> and then and then you unlock harder versions of all the stages in the game. And that's all new content. It's not just like there are more bad guys um, or they do more damage to you, which they don't. Uh, it's, you know, different block configurations. Oh, that's um, cool. Much, much harder part-times uh, and and just different, different pr- progressions through a stage. They're really nice. Um, it's just unfortunate that for people who got through the 3DS game like me, you kind of have to replay the 3DS game to get to that new content. All right, so Zach, as someone who wasn't as high on the game as you were right. on the 3DS, yep. would Wait. this be, by any stretch of means, worth it? Mm-hmm. Like, I enjoyed the game. I just, you know, not not as much of a way forward super fan as you are. Right. Um, if you like the core concept, but you just think it was too short, then yes, because the the harder versions of the levels basically double the content. But if you're not in love with the kind of speed run concept that that game is, then probably not. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of on the fence about it. It's probably the only eShop game that I'm, <laughs> I'm on the fence about. I, I went on a spree. Did uh, you get Little I, Inferno? That, that's actually the only one I haven't gotten. I got it. Switch for us. I got now. I, I think I might bite the bullet to. on it if I, I get, get some Christmas money. I get trying to if it weren't twenty friggin' dollars. Little, yeah, Little Inferno is good. Heads up, it's not really a game, not yet. Yeah, that's what I. That's what's holding me back. From- oh, it's not. What is it? It's a toy. 
Oh, screw that. It's 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 a, it's a toy that has a story. Yeah, it has a story that unfolds the more you play with it. Um, and it's fun to play with, so I'm not complaining about it yet. But yeah. it's not really a game. So, I, I'll definitely be picking that up at some point. But it's pretty. I, I I got Chasing Aurora. I'll be doing the review for that in the next in the in the coming days. And then I uh, got Nano Assault because I completely adored the first one on 3DS. And um, yeah, I'm trying to because what, immediately when I heard that was kind of coming to Wii U. I was planning to get that on Steam at some point, and mm. yes, I might be paying more for it on Wii U, but I'd rather play it on a Nintendo system. You know, the other thing, real quick, the other thing about Mighty Switch Force, Neil, is that if you like gorgeous hand-drawn animation... I do, I do like that. That really has a lot going for it in this game. It looks complete, like the character animation and the, the models look completely different from the 3DS. <sighs> just it's so, it's so tempting. Worlds beyond. I, I just there's a part of me where it's just like no, why, why would you get all five of the launch eShop games? Like, <laughs> they all look fucking great. Sure, I understand. I've got I've got too many games to play through. Honestly. We'll say that uh, Tyler Olu just put up uh, impressions of Little Inferno, so if you want to hear what he has to say about it, you yeah. should go check that out. Oh, okay. Yep, yep. And he'll have the review up probably by the weekend. Well, I will wait for that. Cool, cool, so cool. yeah, um, that's you know. Part one of probably a million with us talking about Wii U. Rest uh, of the this, year, this'll, folks. This will probably be uh, a good taste of what the show will be like from now until the end of the year. We'll have some respites for, like, Crash Mo and Fluidity, but this this is basically it. You know, I hope so they I, put uh, uh, Journey to Castle Hawkthorne on the Wii U eShop. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. I'm kind of curious to see uh, if we're going to see anything new on Thursday. Which, uh, Me by the too. Time you listen to this, you will know. Well, we should be getting at least, you know, they put out that release list of virtual console games that none of them have really come to pass. Yeah, uh, Ninja Gaiden has not come out. Uh, I, I don't believe. think you're going to see an update this Thursday, guys. It's Thanksgiving. Well, uh, Crash Mode is coming out on Thursday. They, really? they released, um, wow. they released Metroid. Metroid 2 on Thanksgiving last year. I remember getting it. Wow, it's been that long. Well, I guess wow. they can preload that. They can preload yeah. that stuff. So. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a fucking button. I mean, that's that's their schedule of when they update, and it's. Yeah. Uh, I know it's happened. It happened last year. I mean, it's I getting like to the end of the year. They need to start getting with these things. Yeah, I mean, Ninja Gaiden was supposed to come out like three weeks ago on Virtual Console. Nobody cares about Ninja Gaiden. Oh, shut the hell up, dude! I I'm gonna buy that game so hard. I love that game, and there's safe dates. It's also, oh, that's true. It's pronounced Ninja Gaiden. Ninja, Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> All right, so uh, Wii U. Woo. Woo. All right, Woo. bye, guys. Bye. bye.
Hello, this is Zach Kaplan, and on this segment of NWR Connectivity, we will be talking about the future of Wii U. And today I'm joined by Carmine Red. Happy to theorycraft with you. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> and uh, so basically, imagine it's the year 2015, 2016. You've had your Wii U, you're completely sick of it now because, you know, it's not even special anymore. And so we're up it's a couple of days before the launch of the Super 64 Wii U 2 DSi XL, whatever it'll be called. And so where would we like to see the future of the Wii U go? That's the topic of this short discussion. So, Car- Wait, wait, just a second, Zach. Did you say 2015, 2016? Yeah. Because that is, like, a really short generation for, like, Nintendo. Well, I mean, you know, I guess by year three, year four of the Wii U, so, I mean, by typical Nintendo stuff, I guess third-party support might be petering out. Who knows? I hope that's not the case. I don't want that to be the case, but historically speaking. Let's just say 2017. 2017, okay. 2017. So... Where in the future, Carmine, where do you want to see the Wii U go? We know it has a lot of features with Miiverse and Nintendo TV, but do you think they're going to live up to what we want? Do you think they'll be continued to be used, or do you think they're going to be cast aside like Virtual Console was for a while? Well, I mean, Virtual Console was its own situation because Nintendo really had to go out and get people to, like, put games on that system. And the Wii and the Wii... VC shop wasn't everything it could have been, putting it mildly. So <laughs> so it had some difficulties there. But, I mean, I feel like Nintendo has tried to plan ahead as much as they can with the Wii U. I mean, they've set aside a whole one gig of system RAM just for the OS. And there are people saying, oh, that's an enormous amount. Maybe they'll shrink it. Maybe they will. But maybe they'll use it to, you know, keep the Wii up to date. And I think, you know... I think they might do a little bit better this time with being able to be more agile as the system ages. I think with uh, the Wii U, what's going to be more important with the Wii U is its longevity. Because what happened with the Wii was, at first, it exploded. I mean, at first, you couldn't even get the system. But then, finally, everyone had it, and it was doing great, and then everyone bought Wii Fit, and then it kind of stopped. Like, they released Motion Plus bunch of people bought Wii Sports Resort, but beyond that, we didn't see much support for it, besides, like, Red Steel 2 and some shovelware. Yeah, so, I mean, so is the big question, how much do you see software support for the Wii U at year 4, year 5 of its life? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, where do you see that? That's That's hard. Everyone has different opinions. I mean, you can't... I can't really tell the future. I really hope it it's there still in like 2017. That's only five years from now. I think I really think Nintendo sticks with a five-year console life cycle. So I think they'll be ready to upgrade by then. You know, I think yeah. it'll be towards the end of its life. So it'll probably be much cheaper. I don't know. And you know, we'll have a Zelda game by then. We'll have our, yeah, we'll have some really great games that show off the system by then, because by then you've got such a, Nintendo's bought out all their heavy hitters. I'm, I think though by, you know, I don't think the Wii U will keep up with uh, the Wii in terms of sales figures. The Wii was something else, and the Wii U is awesome. I'm so excited for it, but I'm seeing, I'm personally thinking more like 
just pulling it out from thin air, maybe 70 million, 80 million? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's still a high number. I mean, I don't think well, those, it's getting... That's Xbox 360 numbers, basically, you know? Well, but you hear analysts, well, who, who gives a crap what they say? I mean, listen to Michael Pactor, but whatever. But you hear everyone's talking about, oh, it's the death of consoles and, you know, it's iPads and smartphones. But do you think there's still going to be five, six years from now? Do you think there's still going to be a market for the Wii U? As long as there is Mario. I mean, what, what, what do you think? I mean, we had the GameCube. They sold 20 million units and Nintendo survived. So Yeah, I think people tend to blow it way out of proportion about how awful the Wii was or how awful the GameCube was. I mean, and same thing with when the 3DS first launched. I mean, the 3DS in Japan has already outsold what the GameCube sold in its entire lifetime in Japan. So I just think it, as we see it in the future, What's going to be happening is I think we're going to see better third-party support and hopefully we'll be seeing just better support of different services because what's happened with especially the Xbox 360 is that it's not only a console, it's an entertainment media center. And I think Nintendo's trying to go with that with Nintendo TV and hopefully they stick to it. I mean, I hope... Do I detect a bit of jealousy there? For the 360 and PS3 um, capabilities? I'm not jealous of it, but sure. I, would, <laughs> I would like to see Nintendo TV be more what it promises and less like something like Nintendo Video, where it's like they say, oh yeah, we're getting 3D videos, and then it ends up being, well, Dinosaur Office. I mean, Dinosaur Office is great, but that's not... That's not... That's not <laughs> that's, that just isn't... <laughs> it only gets you so far, right? Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? I think I think the neat thing about Nintendo t- uh about t- TV is that it isn't actually a content delivery system. You know, it's not trying to be Nintendo uh Nintendo Video where they have to go out and get content for that. It's a companion piece, you know. It's there to make watching TV, you know, slightly easier because you've got the universal remote and, and you know, maybe slightly more interesting because um, you, you've you got the Miiverse chat going on and the timeline stuff. Or even, you know, slightly more palatable to do while you're gaming. You can game, you can watch TV, someone else can watch TV. I think, I think the cool thing is if Nintendo is able to get some cable tie-ins, you know, because... Uh, one thing that like Microsoft is starting to do subscription um, subscription deals for the Xbox. You know, you buy the Xbox, hundred dollars down, and you sign a contract for two years, which is sort of scary to me. But it gets the price down. You know, it gets your initial purchase down, and that's how they manage to sell iPhones. Because if you go and you want to buy an iPhone without a contract, it's five hundred, six hundred dollars. You know, but with but with a contract people think they can buy it for much cheaper. And I feel like Nintendo will have to, to do something. If Microsoft does this for their next system and Sony does a contract thing for their next system, I think Nintendo will be hard-pressed to keep their prices down and maintain that. So I really think because TV is not a competitor to cable systems, 
maybe cable uh, companies will be fine saying, you know, sign up with us for two years and we'll give you a TV. Ah,、uh, yeah. I mean, I could see with the whole Nintendo TV. The thing about it is that it's. I mean, I don't think. Uh, the competitors, like I don't think the cable providers are going to be upset about it if it means bringing their content. So I could definitely see more teaming up with cable providers more so than like Xbox and P- PS3 have. I mean, do you see where I'm going? Yeah, yeah. I think because Nintendo is not competing, because they're playing nice, and I mean, I which is not something Nintendo's used to doing. Well, if you look I mean, at their past. Yeah, it's 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 both is and isn't. I mean, Nintendo. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, if you look at their past, sometimes they really try to go at their own. But at the same time, Nintendo for the past like decade or, or for the past for the Wii's lifetime, they've been saying, "Wait a second, we don't want to compete." You know. Yeah. We don't want to compete with, um, with providing the exact same experience someone else does. We don't want to compete with Apple because we don't want to make ninety-nine cent games. So really, you know, they let the they let the cable companies do what they do best, and they say, "Sure, use them. We're an and console." You know, remember with the Wii, they were saying, "Oh yeah, sure, we're an and console. You can get that and a Wii." And I think that'll be the case here. You can watch TV and play the Wii U. You、yeah. can watch Netflix and play the Wii U. You know. Um, now let's go even further into the future. This might be kind of scary, but think 15 years from now, the Wii U is 15 years old. So we're obviously onto the next system. Might might be onto the system after that. Like N64 turned 15 last year. Think that far into the future. How do you think the Wii U will be remembered? Do you think that's hard to say at this point? I mean, it is very early. It hasn't even come out yet, but. Uh, I hope we're all still around <laughs> by what twenty thirty. We're、yeah. talking about.、Well, I hope we're all still around. I hope the world doesn't end this December. I hope. I hope there's no thermonuclear war. I hope that you know Nintendo is still in business. Yeah, it's it's hard to say, but I mean, maybe maybe the way to do that is to walk around and ask people if they remember the N sixty four. Well. I think if you walk around to the average people,、uh, they might not even know what the N sixty four is. But if you walk around at a gaming convention, I think you'll get a better answer of、yeah. how something's going to be remembered. I think at this point, like、um, the Wii U, I don't really know anyone outside of the gaming community who knows what it is. How do you think they're going to get that message across? Of this is the Wii U. It's new. It's different. How how do you think they're going to get that message across coming in, within this year and the upcoming years?、Mm, that's that's a hard one because you know everyone's we're not quite sure what Nintendo's thinking with marketing. I mean, if you look at their TV ads, they actually recently said that. They're actually on the same timescale as the Wii, so maybe it's not crazy. Maybe, maybe this sort of lack of knowledge amongst the general public is fine because maybe what they're relying on is for people to visit each other's houses, you know, say, "Oh, what's that?" Learn it hands-on sort of thing, you know, learn it by seeing their friends playing it, that sort of thing, and maybe evangelizing for it. That's why they did、um, with the Wii the whole. Uh, Alpha moms thing. You, yeah. You remember that the ambassador parties where they hunt. They I know what you're talking about. Yes. Mom bloggers, 
who are not typical gamers, but they There's no kind of worse blogger, if I can just put that out there. No kind of worse blogger. No offense to any of the mom bloggers listening to this, but please stop. But but they made the Wii a success. I don't... So, I mean, maybe Nintendo is hoping to do something like that. I don't know. I haven't heard of any mom blogger Wii U parties. But, well, um, maybe they'll have a sing party, Carmine parties, where they have you go around. And... Wait a second, wait a second. I like karaoke, okay? Let's just put that out there. I like I, karaoke. I have no problem with that. That might be sing party. I'm also looking at karaoke joy sound for the Wii, and we'll just leave it at that. Do you think, how do you think um, in Japan, karaoke, there is a karaoke joy sound-like thing being installed into the Wii U? Oh my god, that's so awesome. Do, do, how do you think that's going to work out? Do you think we'll be getting, at least in Japan, more services like that? I mean, because if you look at the Wii, it had that We No Ma channel or whatever it was, and it had all these different stuff. Like, do you think the... In Japan, it's going to be getting different support. And how do you think it will affect America? Do you think it'll just be like the Wii, where we got, like, Nintendo Channel and everybody votes? Oh, God. I, I hope that a lot of the Japan stuff comes here. Like, I, I pray that Nintendo Joy Sound comes here because that would be amazing. For me, maybe not for you, but definitely for me. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, you're right. Actually, Japan had a lot of special Wii channels, you know, and maybe that's what made Nintendo say that, you know what, these could have worked so much better if we had way more RAM in the system for the OS. Yeah. So, so I, like I said, I see Nintendo, you know, thinking ahead, but the question is, are they thinking ahead, are they investing enough up front? Because, you know, the Wii, is cost, the Wii U is costing 300 bucks now, but should it have cost $600 and they got super future-proofing? Like, the PlayStation 3 is still somewhat sort of, you know... They, the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360 really evolved because they spent so much money up front and they took big risks. And Microsoft got pinged on the red ring of death because uh, they took those risks. And Sony got hit with the $599 US because they took those risks. Maybe Nintendo's not taking enough risks to be that flexible when we get to the year 2017. I don't know. You know, it's it's something I hope they've planned for, but at the same time, I don't think they're the ones who are... Who I think Nintendo plans for it to put out another system by 2017. Uh, I don't think they see a 10, you know, I don't think they see the Wii U... The 10-year console cycle? You don't see them doing that? Well, I mean, I mean it'll it'll still be there, but... I don't think they're willing to create a piece of hardware at the price point it would take to make it a 10-year uh, console. Yeah, Because um, you have to get into the $600, and that's just not Nintendo's style. Would you see by the year 2017, how many gamepads do you think you're going to own? Do you think the price will go down? <laughs> I don't even know the price now. Well, right uh, now it's looking like you can't buy one separately, but I guess it costs around a hundred dollars to replace it oh, if you in sit Japan? on it. Yeah, I think they are selling them separately. In Japan, in Japan. yeah. Well, I I don't believe that they'll go beyond the two because I don't I don't get the sense that they'll go beyond the two. I could be wrong. I mean, this is all looking into a crystal ball, which is tons of fun, honestly. But you know, Pacta doesn't know this stuff and. 
you know, he's making his best guess. And in all honesty, he probably has more information than we do. We just make different guesses. Yeah, well, he, he kind of just makes different guesses, too. I want to say he knows Well, educated, lot. you know. It's, it's all educated guessing. Pactor? Educated? Pactor? Really? You think he's educated? Oh, he is. He is. He knows stuff, and he's doing his best I know stuff, fix. too. <laughs> but I don't get paid for it. <laughs> so how about you? Where, where do you think the Wii... How do you think the Wii U will be defined in, like, 2017 years? Do you think it'll be a successful console when we look back at it? Or do you think people will be grumbling about, about you know, maybe... Do you think people will be complaining that Nintendo didn't invest enough in it or that, that there will be third-party uh, software drops? Do you think I, that's still a risk? I think, uh, well, I think worst-case scenario, the Wii U is going to be remembered for having an awesome launch and an awesome first year and then completely falling apart when PS4, Xbox Next, Whatever. I think that's the worst-case scenario. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think that's the worst-case scenario. I could see the Wii U. I think it's definitely going to have better third-party support into the future because they're how they're selling it now, they're trying to sell it to the gamers, at least online. I mean, you watch the commercials, and it's Sing Party and Nintendo Land, which Nintendo Land looks awesome, by the way, but... Uh, I think the third-party landscape is going to be a lot better just because they're setting it up now for the future. Because when the Wii was first released, they were really focused on the present. And they really weren't as forward-thinking mm-hmm. as a company Nintendo is. They weren't really thinking ahead. They were just thinking, how are we going to sell units? Not how are, how are we going to sell software? And how are we going to keep third parties? Yeah, I think uh, Nintendo is definitely... Uh, Iwata is actually been doing some outreach, so that's why I think it's awesome that they've got uh, Bayonetta 2 coming to the Wii U. As I, much I really as... credit Iwata with with bringing about a this bringing about changes that would let something like that happen. As many so... death death threats as the people <laughs> at Platinum got, but yeah, I, I I do agree with you a bit. I think the de- I mean every every the the elephant in the room, of course, with Wii U excitement. Ah, no, is <laughs> is what will happen when the PS4 and the Xbox 720 come out, the Orbis and the Durango, you know. What, we don't know. We don't even, I mean, there's, if they jump ahead of the Wii too much, there's still a, the argument that the Wii U will still be getting software support because third parties will have to support more than two new consoles with their games. The The realities of this business have, Changed such that it's going to be even more difficult to be exclusive to just these systems. They'll still have. There's some people who think we'll still have to support Xbox 360 and PS3. So maybe that'll help the Wii out there. But in all honesty, I'm just hoping. You know, the great thing about being a Nintendo fan is you almost know you have a minimum expectation. I'm going to get Mario games. I'm going to get Zelda games. I'm going to get Nintendo games. And I'm going to be able to play really unique experiences like Scribblenauts, you know. Yeah. That 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 came to life on a Nintendo console. And especially with eShop, you, I feel like we can look forward to a lot of neat little experiences. Maybe not giant AAA IPs, but these are from, like, small developers, indie developers, and they'll be really new and really exciting. So... I think even if we, you know, I came out of the I came out of the GameCube generation feeling like you know what, 
I feel like it's not going to be the end of the world if Nintendo is not first place. I might be able to relax and sit back and play games. Final question. This is a quick one. Uh, by the time the Wii U is done, what do you think we'll get? Do you think we're going to get Kirby's Air Ride 2 or the first Kirby 3D platformer? I, are those my only choices? Yeah. No, you don't have another choice. Life isn't fair. It doesn't work that way. Air Ride 2, definitely. All right. Air Ride 1 was awesome. Air Ride 2 will be even more awesomer. It will use only half a button to play. <laughs> and before we end the segment, when do you plan on pre-ordering the Wii U 2? Oh, the Wii U 2. Okay. Y- the I Wii s- U 2 U. How about that? <laughs> the Wii... Why? The Wii, the Wii U 2 U 64 Super The Wii XL W. SP. The Wii the W. Ultra Project Reality. Um, as soon as I can. I, honestly, as soon as they open the pre-orders. All right. That's my plan. That'll continue to be my plan. Well, I think that wraps it up, don't you? Uh-huh. Yeah. I'll see you in five years lining up for that Wii U 2. As long as the world doesn't end. Yeah, let's hope that doesn't happen. And that will do it for episode 61 of Connectivity. As always, you can send us listener mail to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. Uh, you should definitely do that this week. You know, tell us about your launch experience. Uh, if you got any questions or comments about the console so far, uh, send us an email and we'll talk about it. Uh, you can also follow all of us on Twitter. Go to nintendoworldreport.com and look for the Twitter sidebar and you'll find all our usernames there. And uh, other than that, we'll see you guys next week for episode 62.